0: It's the yearly Thanksgiving episode with your hosts, Jimmy DeResta. Hello, Yay. hi, 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 David Machudo. Hey, hey, everybody. Hi, and Bob Cloggett. Hey. Wow. What's up? Hi, guys.
1: Good morning. It's getting cold out. By the way, I want to let everybody in the whole world know that where I live in New York, there was no snow. There was a light <laughs> dusting. There was no snow. I got all these like, boy, you must be s- scooping out. How's everybody? Is, is your car covered? None. There was no snow here. I don't know where it ended, but it was mostly in Buffalo. I, I got five hours. Buffalo's five hours away from here. Okay.
0: <laughs> I woke up that morning and, you know, the news was like, western new york covered in six feet of snow and i'm like oh better check on jimmy so i sent him a text and said hey you know is everything okay and he sends me a picture of his yard with zero snow in it
2: yeah just a beautiful landscape (laughs) shot sun in the background yeah yeah. but
1: there was many many there was about 15 texts and messages and various platforms asking me how the snow was none Hmm.
0: thankfully i didn't get any either no just so you know cool what have you been doing without snow?
1: I've been building a road. I've been showing a lot of it on Instagram. So if you guys haven't seen it, you can go check there. There's a roadway. So when we designed the barn, everybody drives right through the lawn. And there's a road developing across my big, giant, beautiful lawn. And there's nothing I could do about it because it's the only way to get to the new barn in the back. So we made this plan about a year ago to build a road through the woods. And so talking to the guys that I try and keep busy up here because it benefits me. I have projects done. They get money. So there's this team of guys that did the roof on the barn and they're like, what do you want to do next? I'm like, well, since we're going to do the walls, I don't want to keep driving through the yard. I go, let's, let's start that road. And so I've been showing all the excavation and we built the ledge on the side of the building, which. So when you look at the building that was on the TV show, when you look at the right side, there's a, a driveway that goes deep around the back. And on the left side, there was just a big giant hill. So there was nothing usable over there. It just went straight down. And anytime you walked on that side of the building, you were kind of fighting your way across a hill. And so we put a big ledge there. The guys put a ledge so you could drive a truck down now on the left side of the building. And then the roadway, which kind of dips through the woods, it has to have more of a gradual curve because we're planning on maybe having horse trailers and and different types of uh, even propane trucks need to get back there because that's where the propane tank is for the big tv show barn and in the past the propane guys would show up and I'd, I'd show them like a 20 20 25 tip and i'd be like this is yours we have to walk this hose 100 feet that way through the rain and <laughs> snow and they'd be like "Oh, okay don't worry about it we'll do it and then i would help them because i always felt bad but now with this new road you can drive right up to it and then also you could drive right up and go all the way around the tv show barn to the new horse barn and so that's what that whole roadbed is. And people keep asking me how much do I think it's going to cost. We don't know until we go through all the truckloads of dirt. But right now we're at about fifteen truckloads of dirt, maybe more. And every truckload is about five hundred bucks. So that's about I think twenty truckloads of dirt is about ten thousand dollars. So I mean the, the road's going to cost me probably thirty thousand dollars everyone keeps asking and the good thing though with these guys is i could pay them a little bit at a time you know so they don't need like a big fat check because they live down the block and they they actually prefer me to pay them a little bit at a time this way they don't blow all the money on one thing or another so Hmm. i got a good deal going with these guys they've been very kind to me and yesterday eli one of the, the the truckers he's sort of the head of the crew he's like take a ride with me i'll show you where we get all the dirt and that's why i did all that long instagram story about me going and getting the dirt It's about a 20 mile ride from my house, which is a place I've never been to, which is pretty incredible. And I said, imagine owning a quarry. Like These type of things are like, it's like a mortuary. It's like, you don't just start that business. You get inherited that business. And like a (laughs) quarry is the same thing. (laughs) Mm. And it's just, you own a piece of property. The property just happens to give up rocks that you could just sell all day long. Yeah. And they have these incredible pieces of land moving equipment. And you pull in. You give the guy like a thumbs up and he just dumps two or three giant scoops in the back of your truck and you drive through the scale, you get your ticket and you leave. It's unbelievable.
0: I mean, it's pretty genius. Like, I'm going to buy this field and then I'm going to dig a hole and sell yeah, it.
1: Exactly. <laughs> wow. It's crazy. Huh. And the family that owns that owns two of them. So yesterday, if you happen to notice, in yesterday's story, we went to one to get gravel, which is the thicker stuff, and then we went to one to get the top coat, which is the finer, more like pebbles that go over that. So we went to two different quarries yesterday. They're both about 25 miles in each direction. So it's a it's great learning process. And uh, I said it the other day, I mean, I've said it a few times now, that I'm single, I'm, I'm living this life at the moment alone, and all these projects are mine alone. And a lot of people keep asking me what I'm going to do at the horse barn, and I'm going to keep it a horse barn. Everyone thinks I'm going to turn it into like a sawmill or machine shop or whatever, but I'm going to continue to make it a horse barn. That's what it was designed for. And there might be more horse people in my future. Or once the horse barn is done and built, I could rent it. And then the upstairs is going to be a full-on second apartment on the property, which I could rent that too. And whoever rents the, let's say for instance, I build a full apartment on the second floor of the horse barn with this new roadway, they have their full absolute separate entrance, which I would never even see them. Mm. They would never have to pass the house because I have two driveway entrances, one that's deep around the back side of the house, and that's how you would get to all those parts of, parts of the property. So I could literally have my whole house up at the corner of the edge of the property and that whole thing in the back and a complete separate roadway. So whether that's a rental or whether that is going to be mine, to have horses and and livestock or whatever it might be. I'm going to continue it that way. That's how it was designed. That's how the floor is designed. That's how the plumbing is designed. And ultimately I think it's a good, it's a, it's a good improvement on the property in general.
0: I don't want to, I didn't want to interrupt you, but yeah. as, as soon as you said horse people, I just imagined a bunch of centaurs walking around. On your
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. horse Cause people that'd be a make, pretty cool future.
0: A- if you could figure out how to oh, make yeah. that happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the funny thing is, yesterday me and uh, me and my business partner went traveling around looking at barns. We're looking to maybe maybe get invest in some property around here, and but it's funny we just drove around with a real estate broker and looked at other farms. And every we went to like three farms, and they were all beautiful in their own right. But the interesting thing is, is that if I saw these five, say five or six barns, farms, farms in general, I would pick mine every time the layout of mine and everything. I just, I just totally lucked out. I really got lucky. I never looked at any house. I bought this house. I looked at it and I was like, okay, I'll take it. And that's how spontaneous I was when I bought this house 18 years ago. And I got so lucky because now the real estate is the thing up here. Everyone's looking at all different real estate. You have all the weirdest layouts of properties because things have been handed down from families and deeds have been annexed and sold. And you got a piece of property that's like, you would expect it to be a big square. And it's, you know, it's shaped like three states connected at a tip you know it's like <laughs> the craziest thing it's like oh all this land is yours yeah i'm like yeah but i gotta got drive around that guy's property and i gotta look at his backyard even though i own you know 100 acres and he's like right an island in the middle of it so there's lots there's, there's lots of various things to look at up here but like i said i would choose mine so far over any of the things i've seen so far so i just got lucky and it's just hmm. just i don't know how i got so lucky but i did but there's some great. there's a, we're getting into a little bit of real estate investing and it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. It has a lot to do with content creation and also just property property ownership so it's yeah. exciting future.
0: Yeah, it's a good future thing for sure.
1: We'll see what that leaves. I am um,
0: when we got our farm property, I at the time for what we wanted it for, it was it fit all the the needs, you know, checked all the boxes and everything. And still does cuz we don't really use it for much we don't have any particular need for a field or anything like that most of it is wooded but driving out there to it i pass all of these big rolling hill kind of farms and i'm always thinking like man it'd be like it'd be really cool to have something like that where i could build an a-frame like up on that hill so it's it's really far back there and it's really beautiful versus trying to carve out a piece in the woods to put one in our property now. But then when I start looking at the cost of those big rolling <clears throat> hill type farms, I'm like, Nope, I don't, I don't need that <laughs> at all. <laughs> I can't justify that kind of land unless I was going to take advantage of the land to, you know, do a crop with it or, you know, put a barn and like keep somebody's animals or something like that. And that's not stuff I have. I have an interest in doing. Well, it's, so.
1: it's, but to buy a big piece of property If you can, especially in a rural area where it's considerably cheaper, the potential is is exciting. To look around and see like, wow, like why hasn't anybody put a building right there in the last hundred years? Or why hasn't anybody put a driveway over here? You know, so we looked at a couple of pieces of property that were very raw and needed, you know, they didn't need anything. You could just preserve it as it was, but the potential to do interesting Potentially money-earning things with it in the ways of rentals or short-term rentals, like an Airbnb or something like that. It's uh, it's interesting. Obviously, you need money, and you need we have you know a pool that we're trying to put together to try and get some stuff going. But it's uh, it's exciting.
0: Yeah, it is exciting. Cool. Well, David, what have you been up to?
2: Same thing as last week. Finishing up the vanity. We got word from the contractor that they are starting Monday. On the first bathroom. So that's my deadline. I got to be done by Monday. Which everything is done except for the drawer faces. And the two cabinet doors. And everything is, is flush with the front. With like a one-eighth gash, inch gap between everything. So I'm um, starting middle out. Starting with the two cabinet doors. And then cutting everything to size. Outside, like the drawers that are on, on the outsides. Using the track saw because... As you build cabinets, nothing is perfectly square. And if you want that one inch you gap, you kind of have to cut the size. So going through that right now. And um, I'm glad that they're coming on Monday, not only for that to be done, but I don't want to sit on this video footage for a couple months. I want to get it out. So I want to show the before and after. And then slowly working on the guitar for the guitar build-off. I haven't done any actual things except just cut into some insulation foam some some test pieces on the cnc and trying to get my my shapes right and i still haven't completely decided how mine is going to work but the deadline is coming so i'm i, I think i work best when there's a when there's pressure and deadline so i'm working on that and then that's about it for this week i don't i may not have a video come out this week
0: yeah, we're not going to have a video out this week either. We uh, had plans, and just ran out of time. And then I'm going to have do.
1: two videos out this week.
0: Oh, yeah, we're well,
1: making dog.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> we we can all split the ad on that video. <laughs> that yeah. sounds good. Yeah,
1: well, okay, you you will each get twenty five cents. Yeah,
2: I may <laughs> so have, a video, I have a video. I may have a video ahead, come go. out on my second channel. Um, I'm I've been thinking about using that channel a lot more, but there's this cabinet that we built for our, our dining room. It's one of my favorite pieces. And it has the, I made the veneer on the front and it has like a uh, chevron pattern on there. And the veneer is really thick. It's probably an eighth inch thick, maybe slightly thicker. And we used rubber cement for to put that on there. And then the, normally that would work with a veneer. But this veneer was so thick that after a year and a half, it actually has started to come off because of the expansion and contraction. The it's the, the glue just wasn't strong enough for how thick this veneer was. So uh, on the second channel, we're going to peel off the veneer and use the same veneer because it looks so cool because it's got some sapwood grain running through it. And we're going to do it right with a vacuum press and glue. But at that time, I didn't have a vacuum press. And I just assume rubber cement was was the solution and in normal situations it would but when you cut your own veneer and it's super thick sometimes that glue can overpower or sometimes that wood can overpower the bond. Mm. Mm.
0: Cool um
2: I lost my contact memory, cement not rubber cement is that the same thing I knew
1: that I was yeah I was the when you yeah. say rubber cement I'm like well, you think thinking a graphic designer yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah
0: I've done a, a few things with um well, I've done a lot of things with spray adhesive over the years. Not not in that context, but I did some stuff with spray adhesive for Tolex and things like that, and it worked really well when you do the two, you know, you spray two sides, let it dry, and then you stick together, and it seems to go forever. And then certain times I've done it, and I don't know if it's time or heat or what, but mm. it ends up separating. And I've never understood what causes it to work sometimes and not other times, but I've gone back and... Pulled things apart that didn't stick, and used that contact cement, um, and that stuff just—it does not let go. Mm. So it's also nastier to work with. I mean, it I really enjoy, is. Yeah, yeah, you know, using it. But, um, well, I've been working on my guitar for the Great Guitar Build Off as well, and I've got the body cut and the neck mounted, or you know, fit into place. And so I started working on the finish yesterday, which is nice. It's nice to be that far ahead. I am kind of dreading doing all the electronics like that. I don't mind electronics, but guitar electronics are tedious. Like yeah. I've done that enough. I got, got a guy for that. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should ship mine to your guy. Yeah. Um. So I'm not really looking forward to that. And I also thought about this yesterday. We're supposed to get these guitars to someone, right? Mm-hmm. They're shipped. Mm-hmm. And so I assume that there's some sort of a standard case that they're you're supposed any, to fit into you're supposed to get a case i got a case i got a case oh yeah. well good for you guys no, I don't <laughs> um which is probably good because i made my blank bigger than the original blank mm. so i imagine the case probably wouldn't have fit so i need to probably talk to them about that hmm. mm. anyway
1: did you make a four neck guitar
0: uh, it's five five necks oh yeah. one for each finger <laughs> 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 Perfect. Uh, no, I, I changed the, like I added to the body. So it's bigger than that original blank was. So it goes out. So it'll probably have to have a slightly different case. But anyway, I've been working on that. And um, we are finally, finally doing a tile backsplash in our kitchen. It's been about a year since we, air quotes, finished the kitchen. And uh, my wife and I have trouble deciding on design things together and we finally did so I'm about to start doing tile probably this weekend since we're we're home for thanksgiving we're not traveling or anything so i think i'm gonna take one of the days to start actually doing that tile which you know i'm looking forward to having it done not looking forward to doing it tile's not my favorite thing in the world um but i think the big thing that we've been working on i talked about it last week is our our two new products have launched They are Mm -hmm. officially available now, and we've got, you know, Orange Friday discounts if anybody's interested, and you can check out our social media and get all that information. But, like, the push sticks are out there, and the shop mats are out there, and people are ordering them, which is awesome and a little bit scary. Hmm. You know, it's like a whole new thing, uh, new processes, new materials. We want it to be good quality, and so we're... It's just a little nerve-wracking. Like, I don't know, Jimmy, if you have done enough product stuff that you're just kind of like that anxiety of a new thing is gone or I mean, it it
1: all, you know, when you begin to start selling something, the anxiety is there. Uh, yeah, definitely. There's always something wrong with something. Yeah. That's what it feels like.
0: It feels like no matter how hard we try to like get some, a clean cut or a good packaging or like, I feel like we're going to miss something. And then there's always
1: something when we did the toy business and that was my primary income and we would develop a product and it would take sometimes years, Definitely at least a year, and then eventually you'd see the product on the shelf, and you'd you'd go up to it, and you'd realize there's certain aspects of a drop test or certain aspects of the way you decided to choose a die cut for the window that you just didn't anticipate somebody picking it up and ripping it open, Well, you just Mm -hmm. didn't anticipate it. Like, for I'll give you an example. Years ago, I have the patent on this thing called Pop Ball. It's completely expired now. This is twenty years ago. I came up with this idea just experimenting and tinkering. I took a, a ball and I was experimenting with using that ball to blow up a bubble. So it looked like a like a figure, like a, like a mad ball was blowing a chewing gum bubble, right? So it had a little tiny balloon in it, right? And then one day all the air expelled through both of them. And now when I let it go, it sucked the balloon back in the mouth, which wasn't something I anticipated. This is all just from tinkering. I was like, "Oh, wow, that's cool." And then but when I squeezed it again, the balloon popped out with a really audible snap. And then I let go and it sucked back in. So then every time I squeezed it, it would make a big loud snap and I'd let go and it sucked back in. And it was this crazy sound and we called them pop balls. It was like pop 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 pop. And that was around the same time as gurgling guts. So we sold pop balls. We the company that made gurgling guts made tens of thousands of pop balls. But one thing we didn't realize is that in the store, a kid would squeeze the ball; the balloon would pop out of the mouth, and then they would twist the balloon so that the balloon stays full of air on the shelf. And people pick it up and they go, "Oh, it's a ball with a little ball stuck on it." We don't understand what this does. (laughs) It says why? It says it's supposed to pop. It doesn't do anything. And that, and that, only that—the balloon being overstretched while it's being full of air, twisted, and then just sat on the shelf for a day, three, four, five days a week, the balloon became overstretched and broke. So mm. half the things on the shelf were broken from being expended, extended for extended periods of time. And the other half were just like a balloon sticking out. So like a kid would figure this out and do it to every single one of them in the display <laughs> and then leave. No. <clears throat> so every toy store we went in and we found them, for se- they were only for sale for about eight minutes. Every toy store we went in, we saw that, but that wasn't something, like I wanted it to work perfect, so I wasn't thinking. I wasn't thinking. Another product we did, I'll give you another product failure. If you take a big sheet of, a big giant sheet of uh, like polystyrene, like 040 or 050 polystyrene, and you wiggle it, it, goes, it makes that thunderous wiggle hmm right so i came up with i would always do it in the shop and everyone that's just the coolest sound and then you grab it and you could do like the old metal saw with it and he goes <laughs> so we made a thing called wobble board and we had a handle on each end with graphics everyone's like is that a snowboard what is that i'm like no no it's a cool sound effect thing and it would go wobble wobble so we made all the prototypes out of styrene i bought from the store and then they <clears throat> that's how i told them to manufacture it and china kept sending us samples that weren't working Like these samples aren't wobbling because it's not the right density or maybe the plastic is not extruded correctly or whatever it is. And they did not listen to our instruction in America, told them, don't use it this way. Ultimately, they made the product because we did it, it was a license for somebody. They made the product and put it out and it didn't wobble there were these wobble boards all over the stores and you just pick them up and you're like, what does this do? <laughs> it's just like you shake the plastic and it didn't make, it made a very, it made a, almost like an accidental wobble, hmm. but it wasn't like the big intended wobble. Like you could pick it up and do like a metal saw with it and go. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. That's how the plastic worked. that I prototyped. And that's how all the salesman samples work. Cause I prototyped all the salesman samples, but we would go to stores and there would just be a big box of plastic sleeve boards. Everyone's like, what is this? <laughs> It's like, And it was all much thinner than the actual wobble boards that I made by hand. Another product failure. But you don't did know that ever until you get, get out
0: Did that <laughs> ever get fixed or did they just stop selling them?
1: The product is just doomed to failure and that's that. Wow. Which is next. What's next? Because <laughs> the toy business is a fashion business. Hmm. It's like, okay, that's, oh, you got a wobble board that works now? Forget it. Give me a different toy. You know, they, they don't care. <clears throat> you got a wobble board that actually wobbles? Forget it. Forget it. Move on. Give me something new. Hmm. That's how that's how it works. But those are two pretty big product failures that we had. There was others, too.
0: Well, you the just opposite don't know. of that, it, the opposite of that is not a failure. And I had nothing to do with it. But there was this toy a couple of years back that was like it was from a Minions movie or something. And it was a fart gun. And so mm-hmm. it was this like gun that just made fart sounds when you pull the trigger. And so they sold this thing in the store where you could pull the trigger, obviously, because you want a kid to go in there and, like, make the sound.
1: Yeah, Try but, Me is a very is, – is, is Try Me is a, is a double-edged sword because the products will break on the shelf.
0: Well, and they put a whole bunch of them on the shelf, and I have a whole bunch of kids. So when you go to the store with four <laughs> kids and you put this really loud fart gun in all their hands, it's really loud, and it's hard to get them to stop. And so we a few times had to be like, okay, we're going to Target. Don't touch the fart guns. That's you know, okay. hilarious. They're you know they're like loud. And then there was another in the same store. There was a chicken from one of the uh, one of the Disney movies. I, I don't know, but it's a chicken. And when you pick up the chicken, it squawks like a chicken, and it's really really loud. And so you know every time you're in Target, every five minutes or so, some little kid walks down that and's like, oh look, it's the chicken, and they just go to pick it up, and then it. It explodes and super loud, and the kid screams, and yeah, just a few things like that that people don't think through, I guess. Anyway, yeah, it's with all that to say with the product stuff, uh, it's it's a little nerve wracking to put all this product stuff out. I'm really excited about it. I'm super thankful that people are are buying it. I just hope that we can deliver in the way that we want to, you know. Um, but that's I don't know, kind of what we have. Going on, I guess. Uh, we kind of had a topic last week that we didn't talk about.
1: You want to? Oh, yeah. Let me bring that up. That's from Roy Crumrine, our friend, Crummy Welding. Let me pull up his message just so I could read it exactly how he says it. <laughs>
2: that's a clever name.
1: Yeah, that's really Roy's last name. Roy Crumrine. And uh, so Roy says, Roy, thank you for always listening and commenting to me. Thank you, buddy. Podcast topic, when life throws you a curveball, how do you look at things with new eyes? Like new plans for your barn or a customer completely changes project midstream? Just a thought. Um, I could start because we've been talking about the barn and uh, my life changes. I got a curveball this this fall and I became single. We decided to go our separate ways for now and we will remain friends. But That all takes time, of course. But now that I'm in the middle of a few projects, for instance, the office that I'm in, you guys remember this was no longer my office for the middle of the summer because it got gutted by somebody who wanted to do all types of different things to the room and make it a sunroom, which is not what I ever wanted. I always wanted it to be my office. And I said, where is my office going to go? Oh, we'll find a place for your office. Don't worry about that. I'm like, okay. Okay. Like one of the most important components of like everything we're doing is just like an afterthought. But we needed a sun room, And so there's a lot of sun in here right now, but there's also my office. So I think we've got both things achieved. But in general, I realized I had to make this my office when it was just mine alone. And I immediately implored my brother and Mike, the fireman, To help us, we all three of us sheetrocked in here. We insulated, sheetrocked. Patrick came in, did the electric, and then we sheetrocked. We did all the insulation, rather. Insulation, Patrick did all the electric, and then we sheetrocked. And then as soon as I was done with sheetrocking, which was such a painful process for me because I don't like it, I actually had to flatten the ceiling out, too. Uh, The ceiling... The suspended. Seat. Like This is all stuff I hate doing. I hate doing this type of construction, but I powered through it because it was either that or having an empty construction site sitting here indefinitely. So um, the only choice I have with all this is to, I'm going to cough, is to lean into it. I just put myself on mute to cough, is to lean into it. And that's what people keep saying. Wow, you're doing a lot of work. You're doing a lot of work. I said, well, I just have to lean into it because I can't sit here That's just my personality. I can't just sit here. A, A, it keeps me busy because now I have a lot more free time on my hands for the moment. And I'm getting a lot of work done. So when life throws you some crazy changes like my my status here, I'm just leaning into it. The barn project sat kind of static because there was lots of decisions being made by somebody. Lots, lots of decisions. And you know what happens when you have a lot of decisions? You don't know which to choose, so nothing happens. And so now that it's just me, I'm like, okay, this is the direction we're going to go with that. That's the direction we're going to go with that. And that's the direction we're going to go with that. You know, for me, I'd rather it be done than perfect. And my partner wanted everything to be perfect. So nothing got done. Because even if it got off to like a weird start, oh, whoa, 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 we can't do it like that. No, 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 no. That, I'm like, this is just the beginning. This is, you, you can't put the ladder there. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is the very beginning. The ladder has to go somewhere. So those type of things kept projects from moving forward. And so with uh, with my new status, like I said, I'm just leaning into this stuff hard. And if I look back and I'm like, oh, I made a bad decision, I'm just going to swallow the pill and undo it and make it right. But forward momentum gives me energy to keep moving forward and keep making decisions and keep, you know, like I was going to, I have to, I need elevations for the barn, which we never drew. And for the next step, we're going to do the sit panels. They're all going to be CNC'd, so they have to be, somebody has to make a cnc pattern which is the, the frame of the building so uh mike my architect friend's going to come this friday and he's going to start drawing the plans for the building and then that's a big step because once we have the plans i could we could design where the windows are going to go which was something we never talked about uh where the doors are going to go what the doors are going to look like what the windows are going to look like and so like i said i'm just leaning into this i don't want to like sit back and you know do the poor me's and and be like, you know, things could have been different. This, that, and the other thing. It's it, it's very therapeutic for me, and then things are also getting getting done. And I'll say one more story: is the the cups, the big giant cups. I made the two other cups. Did the guys tell they tell you the story about the two other cups? I made the two other cups. They were perfect and done. And I sent pictures. And the client goes, "Oh, those that's not the right logo for those cups." I'm like, "You sent me a logo." He goes, "Oh, that email didn't have three e- logos in it." I go, "No." that email you sent me had one logo in it and you told me you had three locations. So I made three cups for three locations. Each cup has the logo on it. He goes, Oh no, each one of the locations has the same name, but different logos. It's like, well, you never told me that. (laughs) And so I said, send me the logos and I left it in his plate to give me the logos. And months went by and he finally said, I don't know how to do this. Could you please just print the logos and do it yourself? Because I asked him to send me the decals And it kind of punished him. (laughs) I'm like, okay, you know, since this was your mistake, you go and fix it. Because for me to drive, I have to go drive to the sign shop. It's 35 miles away, the sign shop that I used. So I was like, well, you get them done there and you mail them to me. And eventually he sent me the logos in the email and then I just had them printed. And we were going up that way anyway, got the logos. And so I was talking to somebody this week about certain jobs that do make you money and don't make you money. I made money on the cups. It was a little frustrating. This, I certainly made money on the cups and the Buddha head, but a little, it was a little frustrating. And, you know, going forward, I'm not going to probably do much more with that client if, if he comes back with a crazy idea. I'll make sure I get all paid up front. I said, that's it. I will only deal with all these changes if you pay me 100% up front. Now I have the ability to say that. But when you look at the year's worth of projects, let's say you look at 12 months or 18 months worth of projects, you realize where you made a lot of money for little work and no money for a lot of work. So you look at it all and you really have to look at the year. When you're looking at your work schedule through like a paper tube and you're just looking at that one thing and that's a failure and you move the tube a little bit to the other part of the workshop and you're like, Oh, but that was a huge success. You have to take it all in at once. You have to look at all of it. So there are a lot of times when life throws you a curveball, and you make no money on a job. Zero. And you're actually, it's costing you money. You have to go back and say, all right, that's why I had those three or four big wins. You want more wins than you want losers, but the losers are covered by the winners. And you really have to kind of look at it life, look at a workshop life as a, as a year at a time. When you look at it day by day by day by day, you just get that gut-wrenching feeling of I'm a failure. I'm a failure. This was a failure. This was a mistake. This person's driving me crazy. But you know, the minute somebody throws you a curveball, I'm thinking like, oh, wow, okay, but I have... A great job with this person. I had a great job with that person. I mean, literally that's the calm me down in the phone call or in the text message chain, you know? So you really got to keep the wins in the front of your brain to help keep you calm when you really get hit with a gut punch and you realize, wow, this is costing me thousands of dollars that I didn't anticipate.
0: Yeah. I mean, that zoom, that zoom out perspective can be really good in, in any number of situations where, you know, if you get too granular, you're focused on the the very moment that you're in, the problem that you're having right there, it can feel like that's the only thing in the world. And if you can zoom out t- in time or in space or whatever and look at those things.
1: I say it all the time. Those are, where you, those are when you go to, uh, that's when you go to doctorate school. That's mm-hmm. when you learn all the things you never wanted to learn. That's mm-hmm. why I never went to ma- master's program because it's too much. When you get kicked in the gut with a project that is costing you money and saying, that's when you're learning your, it's when you're getting your master's degree in business. <laughs> and that's when you just go, you know what, this is, just this is a, you know, God's plan is this is my learning. That's what this is. You know, you go to school on that first one with that client, for instance. So I went to school on the first one with that client, with the, with the cups and all that other stuff. And now I know how that client dances and now I'm going to dance accordingly if they come back to me or not accept anything. You know, so you go to master class.
2: Yeah, the the bigger the project, the bigger the curveballs. Because when you start out and you're doing small 100%, 100%. things, you learn something, and you're like, okay, that's a learning lesson. I won't have to do that again. And then you move on to bigger projects, and you, things come that you just do not do not see. I don't do any client work, so I don't have any. I don't have much experience with that. But uh, in in individual project curveballs, I tend to overreact at first thinking this is horrible this day is ruined this project is ruined and a lot of times sometimes my brother's here and that helps because i don't blow up as much when somebody else is here because it's embarrassing <laughs> right and <laughs> right. and then if we if we just take a break if we just do something else or if we go to lunch and a lot of times we can turn that into a really good opportunity but it Definitely does not feel like an opportunity when that curveball hits. It just—it's like everything is ruined. I had a plan for the day. I just—I just want I to just want to go back to bed.
1: Get it out, Dave. Get it out. Uh, uh,
2: this is my Punch therapy. your pillow. This is my therapy. Yeah. Where's the wing dog? Come here. Come here, Wally. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looked, Wally up, he looked, he looked <laughs> <right> at me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So like when my Land Cruiser the engine blew on that in, that was in July or June or May. I don't know. (laughs) Sometime earlier in the year that set, uh, that set off a chain of just annoying, not any big problems, but just annoying things like all of a sudden my daily driver, the vehicle that I really enjoy, but also need to get to work and make sure that I can go get materials and all of the stuff um, you know, that I did on a regular basis, I kind of took for granted the fact that I had a vehicle that I could just get, go wherever I wanted to anytime. And so that made it really difficult to do all of those things and we are sharing a vehicle. I got the, other, the green Land Cruiser like I was talking about. I had to do a bunch of work on it to get it drivable. And then ever since it's been drivable, it's just been one thing after another. Like it'll drive for a couple days and then I have to fix something. It drives for a couple days and I fix something else. And those are just a couple of the things that over the last... Half of this year, uh, curveballs is a pretty good way to put it. Things keep showing up and keep derailing my plans on stuff or my momentum on stuff. And a few weeks back, I just had a really frustrating weekend of um, looking at all the different things, this just wide. Range of things that I wanted to do and was in the middle of doing and I would look at all of them and just go through them one by one and be like well okay I can't do that because of this. I can't do this one because of so and so and I can't do this one and I got real frustrated with just there's a bunch of stuff that's out of my control but it's stopping me from moving any of these things forward and it's messing up my video schedule which is messing up my revenue which is messing up my ability not messing up my ability to pay people but my you know, the cash flow of like, when don't you pay people and then you make money and then you pay people and you make money. And I got really unusually irritated with how many things were in my way and out of my control. And I finally, after being grumpy and probably terrible to everybody around me all weekend, I, I went out in the backyard by myself and I was like, okay, I got to unload all this stuff get it out of my head, and I thought through everything and just kind of like set it aside. And then I spent time writing down a list of all the things that I do have control over. What can I do? What am I not, you know, we need to be in community with other people. We need to rely on other people, absolutely. But sometimes when you can't or when, you know, you just don't have what you need, you got to like look in, like what what can I do right now with what I have on hand? And I needed to do that in that moment so that I could feel like I was moving forward on stuff and not just completely stuck.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's, what I'm doing all to all with the, with the road and
0: stuff. It's like, I can't yeah. do the
1: sides. I can't do the interior. I can't do the electric. Yet. I got to do so something. There's
0: something you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think that was a big thing for me when I was, I kept getting this and I'm still getting curveballs. There's still things that are showing. I mean, you know, people get sick at work. Like that's no fun, but it's also nobody's fault. Um, and, so you have to figure out how to deal with those things, what to do in the moment. And for me, sitting down and making a list of the things that I have control over, the things that I can move forward, took a big load off my shoulders because it didn't feel like everything was out of my control. It was like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out of my control, but there's also some stuff right here that I can go do. And it puts some of the responsibility of being productive and being you know, useful on me and it stops me from trying to put that on everybody else, you know so and-so stopping me from doing this thing. Oh, my car is stopping me from like poor me. there's stuff I can control. there's stuff I can take a, you know take responsibility for and, and make progress. so if I guess if I have any advice, that was a helpful thing for me in that moment of kind of like self-pity or frustration or whatever it was to just make that list of stuff that I, I could move on.
1: that mm-hmm. it helped It's a good idea. Well, but I'll tell you, it was just, it's occurring to me because I'm kind of reliving some of the moments in my life while, while I'm listening. There there have been moments where I really felt that gut punch. Of, like as a, for instance, I, I had this meet, David Welder remembers this story well. We made a headboard for a very expensive client and the decorator came into my shop to look at the headboard and she said, is that how it's going to look? That is way too dark. And I was like, I immediately got that gut punch and we painted it. We painted it with like, she picked the the color of the stain and everything. It was stained oak and it's way too dark. And I was like, well, I don't know what to do. It's already stained. And she said, can you lighten it? And I remember Dave just like rolling his eyes behind the decorator. (laughs) And I was like, I can try. So I put a big rag of mineral spirits on it. I wiped the whole thing down. And it started lightening it because it really wasn't completely secured dry yet. It was still like the same day I painted it. And so we wiped, we wiped the whole thing down. But the reason I bring up this story is that initial gut punch when you're like, oh, God, I can't believe the, the, the client's not happy. This is going to be a pain. I'm going to lose money on this one. The moment... You get that gut punch, but then you go to the the mindset of, okay, I'm going to go on to a masterclass on this one. Next time I do this, I'm going to have big, broad samples approved, signatures, you know, so things can't go backwards and forwards like this. And But the relief, the emotional, stressful relief of being like, okay, this is just a learning one. This is a learning one. When I look back at the year and this client has given me so much, this decorator has given me so much work, tens of thousands of dollars of work in that particular time frame. This is just another little few thousand dollar piece. All right, I'll do whatever it takes. But that initial gut punch to then, and the reason I bring that up is I remember as a kid, my dad going through experiences like that. And my dad, old school, didn't really have the experience and the, the tools to control his anger. Would immediately start yelling at the client, like burn bridges, scream and yell. And then I see him later apologizing. But right there, when when my client, it happened several different times in different ways, but I just remember that particular one. I was like, uh, I wanted to scream, but I didn't. I was like, well, maybe we could figure out a way to make it lighter. All that turmoil that was going on in my head may have been said volumously by not talking at all, just listening to her and long pauses. I remember this whole conversation in the workshop. and uh, But I think it was Dave. That's why I brought Dave into the story. Dave said, let's wipe it down with mineral spirits and see what it does. And that's when we started. She's like, oh, that's better. Okay. But it was a big, stinky, dirty mess. But we were able to get it mm. to a point where everything was a little bit better. But, yeah, you just, uh, it also helps to be quiet. Mm. Helps to be quiet, you know, if
0: you're in a situation. <laughs> yeah, a, that, is, that is just advice in general. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it helps to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I I always quote Barry, Barry Katz. He says, uh, you know, make it undeniable. You know, you want to create holy S-H-I-X-X-X moments. Um, And he always says, say as little as possible. I have a hard time doing that. But Barry always said that whenever we were in meetings, he'd be like, say as little as possible. Like, don't have diarrhea of the mouth. Just just say as little as as possible so I always hear Barry's telling me and my brother that advice before going into television meetings and you know that applies to a lot of different things
0: yeah for sure
2: I'm not saying any other
0: examples of uh... (laughs) yeah we're just going to be quiet for the rest (laughs) of the episode (laughs) say as little as possible that's funny any other curveball stories or uh... oh there's so many
2: I just wish I could give myself (laughs) advice on not totally imploding at the moment of the curveball, like that that because that moment just feels so awful
1: i have advice and this is something that i constantly say to myself and i might have said it here once or twice the only thing that's consistent is there's going to be a problem right that is the only thing that's consistent is that there's going to be a problem everything seems perfect for moments at a time and you know my therapist accuses me of being a little doomsday but the only thing that's consistent is that there's gonna be a situation you have to solve. And you know, you can call that a problem, or you can call that a challenge, or you can call that a learning experience, but there's always gonna be a moment where you go, Oh, I really didn't expect this to happen, but now I have to deal with it. So if you kind of go into the shop that day, this is like a like a, a, a zenny kind of thing where you're just like, I am go I'm willing to accept anything that comes through the door. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to accept anything that happens on the bench. I'm willing to accept anything that comes through a text message or an email.
2: You know, you say that. And uh, I, I realize every once in a while, uh, Daniel will show up and I'm like, hey, we're going to have a good day. No matter what happens, we're going to have a good day. And for some reason, whenever I say that at the beginning of the day, we actually have a good day. Like, There's something, there's, there's that, that, you're almost preparing yourself mentally for something to
1: go wrong. And
2: I think but, I need to do that. Well, you might,
1: but what I'm saying that when you say, I'm going to have a good day, you could be preparing yourself mentally to accept everything that comes your way. Whereas if you go into the day with a bit of a grump and you're a little bit of a looking for problems, you'll find them and you'll be like, see, right. this is what I was talking exactly. about. Yeah. Whereas if we're going to have a good day, like, oh, wow, all right, we spilled the paint. No worries, wipe it up. I got another can. It's a different mindset. It's 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 part of that. You know something's going to happen. It's 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 just to be expected. The only consistent thing is that there's going to be challenges.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think that goes down to like control. Uh, I mean, for me, anyway. You know, I was talking earlier about having just taking control of the things that you actually have control over, the stuff that's you know within your space. And I mean, that's problematic if just by assuming that you have control over anything. This is maybe a big, bigger philosophical discussion, but you know, I, I find comfort. A lot of people find comfort in feeling like they have control over something. And the reality is you really don't. I mean, like there's just so many variables in every situation and every relationship and every physical thing that you're doing and every material that you're working with. There's just so many variables that, real control over how something is going to play out is kind of an illusion. And accepting that, I think, is what you're saying. Both of you are saying in different ways. It's like, I'm just going to do my best to deal with my lack of control in a graceful way and just be okay with the fact that things are not going to go how I want them to go and deal with it anyway. You know, It doesn't mean it's going to be easy or anything, but I think setting yourself up for that, however you want to set yourself up for that, is probably probably easier you know Mm -hmm. um but i know for me a lot of people that comes down to like looking for problems for me i think it's about feeling like i have some level of control which is not actually the case even like in parenting i you know you like you raise your kids to be adults and you raise them in ways to mimic your own uh you raise your kids to, to try to mimic the good parts of yourself, the things that you think are good in yourself, and to improve on the parts of yourself that are not great. You want your kids to be better than you. You want your kids to be more patient and more graceful and more forgiving and more, you know, community minded than you are. But you're, you're trying to raise them in that direction, but you don't have any control over that they are still individual people that can make their own decisions, even if they still live in your house and rely on you and all that type of stuff. And so there's a certain level of control that you want to have as a parent that you have to realize that you don't actually have. And yeah. so what you're trying to do is equip them to be the, th- the person that you think they should be. But ultimately it comes down to them making their own choices, even as children, not even as adults, but even as children, they still make their own choices And are responsible for those choices. But as a as a young parent, that's a really hard thing to differentiate. Because you feel like you are in control of this thing that relies on you, and that's not really the case.
1: We we have a very funny statement in the the Duresta Family. It was something my dad actually said in a screaming tirade once when we were all little. (laughs) He said, Everybody has a mind of their own. And he said it angrily, like he, he was just like, Everybody's got a mind of their own. Meaning like, yes, we all make our own choices, but he wasn't happy about that.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah.
1: And we always say, even Joey said it the other day, because now Joey, my brother, is dealing with his son who's 18, 19, going to college, deciding what he wants to do. He doesn't know if he wants to stay in college or he wants to move to a media art school. Or And my brother wants the best for him. He's being very frustrated that his son is not choosing exactly the choices he would make. And we were driving and he said, Everybody's got a mind of their own. Yeah, it's funny. Like, yeah, we all do. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. That's how it works. If you get to a certain age, you don't. Need but to as a parent,
0: me. I mean, that's hard to to, you know, accept or to even understand because from the very beginning, it's just like this thing in front of me is not going to live until tomorrow if it's not up to me you know like they rely on me for every single thing and then once you get that in your mind and that relationship is built between you and that person it's very easy to carry that on that like well they rely on me so they're going to become what i want and that's just that's just not how it works so all right well any other thoughts
1: no that's it no just uh think of a challenge as masterclass
0: yeah Mm -hmm. that's what i'd say also avoid Yeah, I mean, I guess curveballs are... <laughs> That's true. Don't play baseball if you don't yeah, like exactly. curveballs. Um, I mean, it's all problem solving. It's just being able to separate that frustration in the moment when something doesn't go like you want and look at it as a, just another problem to solve. Maybe that can be helpful. But
1: yeah. The only um, constant is change. Mm,
0: there you go. Well, big thanks to our Patreon supporters um, who are awesome, as always. We had a new uh, new Patreon supporter this week. Uh, Mac, uh, Kelsey. I don't know if you, have you guys ever talked to Mac.
1: I, I'm not sure if I met Mac, but uh, Mac, me, Mac is
0: um, a firefighter and um blacksmith in Chattanooga. And we got to talking a couple of years ago when I was looking for a kiln, and he had a kiln that he wasn't using, and so I was gonna get it for my wife. And since then, we've talked on and off every six months or so about like. Hey, do you still want that kiln? I'm like, yeah, I'll get down to Chattanooga someday. And I still haven't. So if you're listening, Mac, glad. Thanks for the support on Patreon. And I promise we still want the kiln. (laughs) (laughs) That whole pandemic thing got in the way of me traveling to uh, Chattanooga to get it. But we do want it if you still got it. Anyway, but he's just one of the several awesome people that support us on Patreon. Our top supporters are Gretchen Hofer, Michael Menegin, Warren Works, Scott full scheme. Full Scheme Designs. That would be a good name for a company, but it's Full Steam Designs. Thank Chris you. Powell. Odin Leather Goods, Rich at Low Designs. Low and Design, sorry. Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, You Can Make This Too, Chad from ManCrafting, Works by Solo, Albers WordWorks, and Corey Ward. Uh, but there's a bunch of other people like Mac that help us out, and everybody at every level gets the after show. Um, maybe we'll do like a Thanksgiving meal-focused after show today. I don't know. We haven't talked about it. A funny
1: story Chad, Chad is in Guatemala at a wedding Chad oh, really? from Mancrafting and he says I'm at a wedding in Guatemala for a friend of, friend of a, a family or whatever friend and he said the groom is a huge fan of yours can we Skype later or whatever <laughs> and so we Skype and I didn't realize it until I was in the call and we were talking and the groom I was like "That's oh you guys are all there for a wedding that's amazing who's getting married and the guy goes I'm getting married so I was like oh congratulations it was
0: really nice it
1: was nice cool. so that was really sweet Awesome. Fans all over
0: the world. Oh yeah. That's wild. Uh anyway, big thanks to the the Patreon supporters. Like Chad. And if you want to help us out and get the after show, you can go to patreon.com slash making it. We would very much appreciate it. You guys got anything to recommend this week? (laughs) (laughs) I'll go. Uh
2: I'm gonna go with uh Stumpy nubs the other day, Put put out a video. He's been making good content. He really has. And he's got one that's just on shellac and it's really good. I've used shellac quite a bit just because it's so easy. And about a year ago, I got a HVLP gun. And so I've been using that to spray lacquer. And I recently discovered something. Every time I use lacquer, I get sick or I get a terrible headache. And I didn't put the two together up until recently. And even if I, and I I wear like the full 3M respirator covers my whole face and it's uh, and you know i don't smell it coming through the the mask but you know if, if i just open a can and i and I, I get a headache from it and so i need to switch uh get away from lacquer and uh i'm gonna go back to start using shellac i've never sprayed shellac so that's something i want to see if i can do i was really good? i was getting really really good results with the lacquer i don't like the way the lacquer feels because it feels fake but it's really easy to apply so i'm just gonna uh, use some of stumpy's tips and go back to shellac
0: shellac you know. shellac cool
1: uh i'm having a hard time you know what i'm gonna say because he's coming to mind johnny builds everybody go watch johnny uh, builds yeah this Johnny Bills is now full-time. He retired from the Oklahoma City Police Department. Maybe that's the wrong city, but he was a police officer. And uh, he just retired to go full-time YouTube. So check out Johnny Bills. He was here during Maker Camp. Sweet guy. He's leaning into it, doing a really good job.
0: Oh, yeah. He's he's a great guy. Talked to him at many events over the years. Always was super positive. Good dude. Um, I... I wish I had a good one i I don't <laughs> I just i I have not watched anything new or interesting lately and not because I can't find it I just haven't I haven't been watching anything lately so I apologize the only thing I have uh the World Cup soccer was going on right now as you guys I think I've mentioned I've gotten into soccer a lot in the last several months just because of my kids. And I really enjoy watching it, which is super weird for me to say because I've just never been into sports of any kind. Um, But World Cup is going on right now. It's very exciting to watch just because the stakes are really high and the play is really intense and stuff like that. And so I guess the only recommendation I have would be there's an app where you can watch it all for free It's called Tubi, T-U-B-I. And... I was looking around for a way to watch it. And, you know, you can pay for these different services and stream all the games and stuff. But on Tubi, you can watch the live game that's happening, but then they have full replays of the entire game. And there's just ads at halftime. So it's not obnoxious to watch or anything. Anyway, so if you're into soccer, that's a that's a free way to watch the World Cup.
1: And then also, I, I just realized I'm, I'm watching
0: Whistling Diesel on Roman Atwood podcast okay stop not doing me I didn't have anything Jimmy's like oh yeah I forgot these other two
1: Roman Atwood I I don't really I've never been a huge fan of his I don't understand why people love him so much but his podcast (laughs) with Whistling Diesel Whistling Diesel is the feature there it's the first time he's ever done an interview so it's pretty good
0: yeah interesting cool All right. well you guys got anything else for this week (laughs) hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving I know it was yesterday but <laughs> it was yesterday. <laughs> well, I mean, by the time oh, they listen them. to this, it'll oh, be tomorrow. Man, I just had a panic it's tomorrow, but it will be. Yeah. I'm supposed to bring <laughs> potatoes. Don't you remember? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you next time. Thank Bye. you.
1: Love you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Love you. Bye.